Ashley Brock reading Allison Lee's book, Once Upon a Proposal, Chapter 6. Gabe barely managed to hold back an oath at the sound of his ex-wife's voice. Bobby had been about to agree. It had been as planned, plain as the straight, slightly short nose on her pretty face. And now the gaze that had been locked on his face had turned from the soft, warm gray to a panicking silver. He gave her a smile, and he hoped the hell was a calmer than he felt. So his arm around her shoulder as he turned to face his ex-wife, who entered the living room from within the house. Calling Steph on her rudeness would have been as futile, been as futile as pointing out the same failure in his sister-in-law. They just didn't get it. What is it, Stephanie? I'm fresh out of flies for you to pull the wings off of. Her lips thinned as she strolled into the room as if she owned it. Her figure hugging sparkling gown was as ice blue as eyes studying his arm around Bobby's shoulder. This is a private matter regarding your children. Felt Bobby start to go. I'll leave you alone. No need. He held her close, still watching his ex-wife. Whatever you have to say, you can say in front of Bobby. Stephanie lifted an impressive eyebrow. She didn't even spare Bobby so much as a glance and gave the jaw tightened until his back teeth felt on edge. She tossed her white fur, wrapped carelessly over the arm of the couch. This is the Bobby person that Toddy mentioned. I thought he was a friend of yours. As you can see, she is more than a friend. If anything, his ex-wife's thin lips were even thinner. She walked toward the French doors, looking out for a moment before turning on him. In that case, I don't appreciate you praying your girlfriends in front of my children when you're supposed to be taking care of them. We had dinner with Bobby Steph. It's not like we got caught romping around in your bed. He added pointedly. Gabe, <laughs> Bobby murmured beside him. Really, I should go. Really, I should go. Yes, Stephanie agreed with me. You should. Gabriel needs to be considering his children, not making a fool of himself over a child. You're sinking to depths that are low, even for you, Steph. Excuse me, Bobby moved out from beneath his arm. Her voice was determined. I'll leave you both alone to discuss whatever it is you need to discuss. She stepped next to Stephanie, who stood at least six inches taller than her, and gave nearly laugh when it looked to looked to him. Gabe nearly laughed when it looked at him as if she still managed to look down her nose at his egg It's been interesting to meet you, Mrs. Walker, but let me just say that in my experience, Gabe has, Gabe has never done anything where he didn't have the best welfare of his children in mind. Then she looked back at him, and there were flags of color in her cheeks, which is one of the reasons why I think he's going to be a wonderful husband. She smiled at him before turning on her heel and sweeping past Stephanie through the French door. He watched her sail across the terrace. She looked so purposeful that it was hardly even noticeable that she was holding up the side of her dress in her hand to keep the torn hand from dragging behind her. He didn't know he he didn't know if he was more stunned by Bobby in your face announcement of their intentions or in awe. Don't tell me you're planning to actually marry that girl. Stephanie recovered more quickly than he and her tone was more acidity than ever. She's not even in your class, such as it is. Gabe rounded on. What is your problem, Steph? I'm used to flinging everything I do around in mud. 
but you usually keep that nastiness reserved just for me. I wonder how your husband would feel knowing you insulted a woman that Harrison Hunt considers almost family. What are you talk what are you talking about? Bobby Fairchild? He knew that Stephanie wouldn't give a fig that Bobby was very dear to Fiona because Stephanie didn't care in the least about Fiona. But he knew what Stephanie did care about, the same thing she'd always cared about, her husband in his high paying career as one of Hotcom's legal Eagles. She knows Harrison Hunt very well. He finished. His ex-wife paled, and he knew the dart had finally hit home. She glanced outside, probably spying Bobby's distant head of curls among the guests as easily as he did. That girl knows Mr. Hunt. He smiled coolly. More than knows him. Family friends. She even calls him Uncle Harry. Ethan doesn't answer to Mr. Hunt. He works for Grayson Hunt. Her chin had lifted, but there was still a weariness in her voice that, if he were a forgiving sort, would have made him feel some regret over having put there. Only he wasn't the forgiving sort. But they're all one big happy family, aren't they? Isn't that one of the things Ethan talked about? How the Hunts keep the power to themselves? An international company company the size of Huntcom and it's all privately held by Harrison Hunt and his family. Fine, she's not all apologized to her. Thought you might. Nothing can ever get in the way of dear Ethan's career. Where is he, by the way? Still in DC and he's worked hard to get where he is. That actually was something that gave didn't dispute. Didn't make him love the guy any, but there was no denying the man's success or that he'd been with the results when it came to Lizette and Todd. They had the best of everything. But that, too, made Dave's right fight that much steeper. I, just, I still believe don't believe you really intend to marry her. Evidently, Steph couldn't leave well enough alone. You don't even believe in marriage. You swore you'd never make that mistake again. You know what they say about the wonders of the right woman. Her clear would have done Medusa proud. So when is the happy day? We wanted to wait until after Fiona's party until the kids before announcing it officially. The lies came so easily, he wondered if he was all that different than his brothers after all. Neither one of them looked trust, trustful track. Neither one of them took a truthful track if they could accomplish more with a lie. We haven't set a date yet. Bobby's never been married, and I wanted to have the wedding of her dreams. At that, his ex-wife finally looked away. And the compunction that Gabe had been able to feel earlier crept in anyway. She and Gabe had eloped, and Gabe knew her wedding, but Ethan had been even more hurried. He'd been surprised that she hadn't turned up pregnant shortly after, since that was the only reason she'd been willing to forego a traditional, all the trimming wedding with Gabe. She hadn't wanted her unplanned pregnancy to show while walking down the aisle in a fancy wedding dress. How nice for her, she said stiffly. If you excuse me, I haven't managed to give my birthday wishes to Fiona yet. She grabbed up her wrap. He exhaled tiredly. Even before their divorce, they traded more jabs than anything else, and after years of snipping, he was heartfully sick of the habit. The only good thing that had resulted from their union had been Lizette and Todd. It would be nice if they could stop battling over them, too though he couldn't see that ever happening when Stephanie considered his effort to gain joint custody tantamount to stealing them completely. 
What was it about the kids you wanted to discuss? She slid the fur around her. Todd, school, can, school counselor wants to have another meeting with us on Wednesday to discuss moving him into a different math class. You mean you want to have another meeting? They've been arguing the subject. They've been arguing the subject for months. I don't want Toddy feeling like a failure if I let them move him to an easier math class. Stephanie said, he won't, and neither should you, which was the real crux of the problem, he was there. As if, she snipped. Just because you always choose the easy way out doesn't mean I want my son learning to do it so. He almost laughed. The easy way in the Gannon family meant following the same pattern, what he hadn't done in spades. But Stephanie knew that he agreed with the counselor, who not only insisted that both of Todd's parents be included in their sessions, but believed that moving the boy to a class more suited to his skills would help him gain the confidence he needed in order to excel. Unfortunately, what Gabe thought different didn't officially matter, since Stephanie had the legal right to make such decisions, which had left them at an impasse for too long, and Todd was the one suffering for it. Let me know what time the meeting is, and I'll be there. She didn't look particularly mollified, but then he hadn't expected her to. And Lizette has a dance recital Thursday evening. She insists that I remind you, even though I warned her you would be too busy for that, too. I'm not too busy for either Todd or Lizette. Only for your wife, she countered. Perhaps having a friendly chat with Bobby won't be so difficult after all. I should probably warn her what she's getting herself into. Woman, woman, you know. Stay away from Bobby. I thought I was supposed to apologize her. I've arranged my mind. Your apologies are too similar to poisonous apples. Stephanie laughed coolly. You always did have such a charming way with words. Assured of having the last say, she moved out onto the terrace and heard her voice above the music. Renee, honey, how long has it been? A year or two? You look fabulous. You look out of breath. As his voice faded, God, he was glad she was gone. Hey, Bobby appeared in the same doorway that Stephanie had come from dinner. Is the coast clear? He wondered how much she overheard and decided it really didn't matter. Before all was said and done, she would probably hear plenty of verbal sword fighting between him and Stephanie. You'd be glad to wash your hands of all of it. It's clear. Good. I've been hiding out in the kitchen for the last ten minutes. She lifted her hands and he realized she was holding two bottles of beer. Well, one. Almost more than his next breath, took the cold bottle from him. Where'd you find these? He understood. She grinned, though her expression wasn't entirely easy. The bar that your mother arranged has everything under the sun, from Pinto Garino to Lemacuncio, and all things in between, but no beer. Not surprising. Astrid considers any beer. He glanced at the label on the bottle. Even local brews like this, an inferior breed. He had a, I'm sorry. What? Need you ask? The charming delight that is my former wife. <laughs> she hardly, she's hardly the first person to think I am inferior breed. She lifted her shoulder and took a silver beer. Tiny jeweled flower sparkled amongst her ratchet spirals of hair. Besides, you're not responsible for what she says. He rolled the cold beer against his palm, cooling the itch to touch those shiny curls. Unfortunately, that's not necessarily true. <laughs> she looked up at him in more blinding second. He nearly forgot what he intended to say. But then he smoothed eye. But then her smooth eyebrows quirked together a little over her nose, and he dragged himself out of the warmth of her gaze. I'm the one who brings out the worst in her, he finally meant. I made her miserable during the few years we were married, and she never forgotten it. 
you are anything but inferior. I don't know how I'm going to be able to thank you. You don't have to. See how this gaze for a moment. Then her lashes swept down as she took another sip of the beer. Cleared her throat and focused on his own beer bottle. It was safer. I told her that we wanted to wait until after the party was over to announce it, but word's probably gone to get around pretty quickly anyway. He said after me. Discretion has never been one of Stephanie's strong suits. She nodded. Another little sparkle in her hair flashed in the light. Fiona's not going to be fooled. And what about your children? What are you going to tell them? I'm not worried about my grandmother. She always, she's always on my side. He knew it in a little She was the only one in his family who never wavered in that regard. As for the kids, I'll tell them only as much as I need to. She found, we'll be lying to them, though. He already realized. It can't be helped. It's not as if I can give them the real scoop. Unfortunately, he knew his ex-wife wouldn't be in a hurry to tell them either. He figured that announcing an engagement would be his problem. I suppose it's also probably too much to hope for that the word won't get back to my family somehow. The city sometimes feels ridiculously small. You never know. Who knows who? I'm going to lie to my mother, though. I'm not going to lie to my mother, though, or my sisters. They are discreet, so don't worry about that. I'm not worried about your family, but there's something I need to tell you before it comes back and bites me on the butt. Something that I probably should have told you before. She gave him a sidewalk glance. That sounds obvious. It's not important to me, but it just goes to prove that you're right. The city is small. And he hadn't told her yet that she wasn't the only one in this mess who had a connection to Harrison Hunt. No, his was a whole lot less important. He glanced outside. Now that the music was more lively, none of the partygoers were looking their direction, much less approaching the house. Ethan, the guy trying to raise my kids like they're his own, <laughs> works for Hunt Comp. As she absorbed that, her eyes just looked. I see her expression. Combined with the itch at the back of his neck, assured him that she undoubtedly didn't, at least not from his point of view. He's in their legal department. What do you want me to do about that? She said, her beer carefully on an the side table. Don't up Uncle Harry and ask him to fire Ethan so there's no European job at all? Seems to me that would have been a better plan on your part than trying to pull one over on the judge in your custody battle. Coming on the heels of the unpleasantries with Stephanie. Her assessment bit like sharp pointing. I would never put you in that position, he said so truthfully. He sat down his own beer, taking the time to let that quick shard of anger inside him. But that's the second time you've jumped to that conclusion that I wanted something from you specifically because of your association with Hunt. I'll tell you the same thing I told you before. I'm not interested in Hunt coming or trying to use connections there to my advantage. He didn't count using it. To stop, he didn't count using it to stop his ex-wife from bad-mouthing Bobby behind her back. Just because that's what people have wanted from you in the past doesn't mean that's what I want. The only reason I'm even bringing it up now is because I didn't want you hearing it from someone else. I'm starting to think exactly what you're thinking. You could have told me before when you first learned about Uncle Harry. I was wrong, all right? You deserve full disclosure right from the start. But frankly, I was more interested in convincing you to help me follow my attorney's advice. <laughs> At least as much of the advice as Gabe could stand to follow. It wouldn't matter to me if you never heard of Harrison Hunt. He exhaled and found another 
people were patient from someplace that he didn't even know existed. She was standing there so stiffly in her pretty torn gown, as if she were braced for the inevitable worst. Just then he wanted to string up everyone from their songs who'd ever put such doubt in her. Bobby, be anyone. I'm a simple man. I build things. I don't go around manipulating people in situations. I'm just trying to hold on to my kids. Despite your suspicions that nobody could possibly want something from you simply because you are you, I'm telling you the truth. I just need you to help me level the playing field when I go to court. She drew her lower lip. I work in a coffee shop, game. I can barely pay my own bills. How on earth is that going to provide any sort of leveling? Not everything is about money. You can almost hear the Garen family collective gasping. And I'm not exactly standing in the welfare line. A lot of what I have is tied up in the company, but that doesn't mean I can't provide just as well for my children as Stephanie does. Courtesy of her husband's billable hours, which just take a hell of a lot for a chunk of his income, but he deal with it. If you're going to change your mind after all this, then let me know now, he added, because the closer we get to the hearing, the worse it'll be if you do. I'm trying to prove my stability and now that Stephanie thinks we're engaged, it will turn out suddenly not to be right before we go to court. She'll try using that to her advantage. Bobby pushed her fingers through her hair, holding the mass of long curls away from her heart-shaped face, closed the gray eyes, and shook her head a little. Dark hairs slid in curling ribbons against her pale skin. I'm not going to change my mind. She opened her eyes again, dropping her hands, a smile that stuck, struck him as oddly. Sad, played along so In it until the end and all that, right? He didn't even realize how much he'd been afraid she would reconsider until the relief hit him afterwards. Right. He spoke felt uncomfortable that. Do me a favor. While we're pretending for everyone else, don't pretend with me. Custody of your children is so much more important than me ruining some stupid fundraiser dinner for a jerk. You think I'm becoming a hindrance? You have to tell me. So he caught her face in his hands, and her eyes went wide, and her voice fell off. Have a little faith in yourself, Bobby. I do. She blinked, looked startled, and moistened her. I'll try. Good. He realized he was staring at her, ghostly in love her lip, and made himself cough his hand. Good. He said it again and picked up his beard and washed down the gruffness and the, Now that we've got straightened out, maybe we should go join the party. Do you want to dance? She was young and beautiful. Of course she'd want to dance. And he wasn't hypocritical enough to deny that putting his arms around her for a few measures of a song was a pilly notion. I'm not much good at it. She lifted her skirt a few inches smiling. My coordination only seems to come together when I'm playing sports. Or about yoga. Well, she took her head back and forth, suddenly looking discomfortable. I guess I do passably well. Sometimes <laughs> he knew only too well that she looked more than passable sexy in her yoga getup. He took another pool of cold beer, rolling <laughs> his body back into order. That leaves a lot of those other sports still. Tittle winks, boxing. A tip when her cheek appeared. Neither, I'm afraid. She shrugged, looking more at ease. I like golf and soccer ball, volleyball, basketball. Was a no-go for obvious reasons. She learned to hit herself. I did run track at school, though. High jump, hurdles, relay, 
all of which required plenty of coordination. Uh, discus, he offered. Ah, her smile runs suddenly, mischievously. Disco Lobius, the discus thrower, her cage down his body as if she were comparing him to Myra's famous Greek sculpture. I can imagine that the heat running up his spine might have been embarrassment. It's more like knowing she was comparing him to a naked statue. Judging by her expression, he wasn't faring too badly. He let out a laugh, aimed more at himself than anything, and drank down the rest of the beer. This is what he got for spending months, years, focused on things more important than his sex life. Now, it was an effort to think about anything else. <clears throat> Outside, he suggested the chilly night air would have to suffice if the cold shower was available, as long as he was at Fiona's. She nodded and headed for the doorway. Her chin ducked for a moment, but not quickly enough to hide her flushed cheeks from him. <laughs> Maybe Fiona will open her gifts soon, and we can go home. <laughs> she didn't wait for him, but hurried outside, still holding her torn skirt off side, let out a long, long breath and started to follow, but a sparkle on the carpet caught his attention and he bent down to pick it up. A tiny, fast daisy winked up at him, smiling slightly. He slipped the hairpin into his pocket and followed Bobby into the night. Fiona then soon found Fiona, they soon found, was not even remotely close to opening her gifts. Even though his grandmother had complained loudly about the party, she was the one in the center of the dance floor, cutting a rug with a cape faller. Gabe stood behind Bobby, where she stopped to watch from the edge of the crowded dance floor. It was even more crowded around the wooden square, though, which was his only excuse for standing so close to her that he could smell that lemony freshness in her hair. And when a couple brushed against them as they slided through the dance floor, it was only natural for Gabe to slide his arm around Bobby's waist to keep her from being knocked sideways. She looked up at him, and her eyes seemed darker, more like the smoky color of her dress and the soft light from the twinkling strands circling the tent above their heads. Thanks. He managed to nod. He could feel the natural curve of her waist beneath that smooth, silky fabric of her gown. Fiona and your father are putting everyone else to shame. He nodded again, making himself look away from her face. On the opposite side of the dance floor, he could see his mother standing arm in arm with Stephanie. Fortunately, both of them seemed more interested in whatever they were talking about. Most likely, the spectacle. To cool Fiona was making up herself. As she swung around with a bandit to song, he was pretty sure Lizette listened to on her MP3 player, then in playing him in heed. Then paying him in heed. Barely a few minutes had passed when the pounding sound ended, though giving way to a slower beat, he could hear his grandmother's breathless laughter amid the small exodus from the dance floor. He led Bobby, he leaned down to Bobby. So down to Bobby, so Bobby would hear, this is more my speed, you game. His arms was still wrapped around her waist, and he felt her quick inhale. I suppose I can't do more damage to my dress than I've already done. She gave a little turn right out from beneath his arm, then caught his hand in hers. She stepped off the grass onto the dance floor. Fiona passed by them, smiling benevolently. That's what I've been waiting to see. She petted their arms before stepping off the dance floor. Where's that boy with the cocktails? He heard her asking. I hope I'm as fabulous as she is when I'm her age. Bobby stepped into his arms. Though her gaze seemed carefully fixed on Fiona's movements. You're pretty fabulous now. 
Gabe knew she felt fabulous. He had to be dead not to know it. And lately, since he met her, he was feeling more alive than he had in years. Her lips curving, she looks up at him through the dark fringe of her eyelashes. You're just saying that because I'm falling in with your plants. <laughs> they were barely shuffling around when the crowded dance floor tucked his knuckle beneath her softly pulling her chin and nudged it upward. Her playful smile slowly died as, she, as he looked into her wide eyes. I'm saying it because it's true. Cape, her soft voice broke off. He never before thought his thumb had a mind of its own, but evidently it did. Rushing across the fullness of her lower lip, her gaze flickered. Let's not forget what we're really doing here. His left hand seemed damnably independent too, sliding more firmly around her back, drawing her soap draped curves even closer against him. <laughs> what a what I'm really doing, he murmured in her ear, is trying not to kiss you right now. Her head went back a little further, her long spiraling curls tickled his fingers, pressing against her smile. Really? Don't be surprised, he started it. His lips closed over hers. That quick inhale, that faint little mm, sound of delight, it burned through him as suddenly as the flare of a match. Only this flame was going to burn itself out quickly or easily. Just then, as unwise as he knew it was, he didn't care. His fingertips pressed into the smooth arch of her back, and he found her hand sliding up his chest over her shoulder. Oh, I'm so sorry. Kate barely heard the explanation, but Polly yanked back from him. It's not your fault he heard her breathless. Oh, I'm so sorry. Gay barely heard the explanation, but Bobby ain't back from it. It's not your fault. He heard her breathless assurance. Feeling half witted, he realized the woman dancing behind them. It's stepped on Bobby's dress. Then she forgot to hold up, making the terror ten times worse. Ten times more noticeable. Fresh and flushed, and she didn't meet his eyes. And then she turned back around. I have to go. It's just a tear. I know. She was hurting back and away from him, physically and mentally. But, um, I should do something about it. Her lips stretched. Fortunately, I don't have to go far. I'll come with you. No! She's Stay. Fiona will miss you. I'll just... Later. Well, later. <laughs> Not cynical, but perfectly meaningful. She looked panicked. So he shoved his hands in his pockets to keep them from getting any more ideas and let him go. All right. She barely hesitated, hurrying from beneath the warmth and light of the tent. He watched her as she practically ran in her aisles and flapping him across the lawn down the slight hill toward her cottage house. She might as well have been Cinderella on the run. Inside his pocket, he rolled her tiny shaped edged hair clip between his fingers. Unfortunately, in this fairy tale, he knew he was no prince. Not when he long ago stopped believing and happily ever afters. End of chapter 6.